Good morning and welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by Nate. Nate, good morning. Good morning. And today we have a pretty awesome guest uh, introducing Danielle Caroli, owner of King's Rock Farm in Millbrook, New York, who breeds Nubians and a few recorded grades. Danielle participates in showing, linear appraisal, milk test, DNA typing, somehow finds time to judge and is a 4-H leader. But that's not all. Danielle, you're also the National Dairy Goat Sales Manager for B&D Genetics. Welcome, Danielle. So much for having me. I'm really happy to be here and be your first non-Oberhosley guest. As I'm excited <laughs> we get to talk Nubians today. <laughs> you know, I, knew, I knew we were going to catch flack for that sooner or later. <laughs> My favorite. I was listening. To, I heard. I think it was John. You were talking about your Oberhosley a little bit of Nubian in her and she was in heat and you could tell because she was the whatever the eighth Nubian in her or whatever she has (laughs) was coming out I just had to roll my (laughs) eyes well was I lying um possibly listen Uh I last year we had our buck collection and then we can get back to Mm -hmm. normal but just a short (laughs) tangent um we had our buck collection. I had four Nubian does in heat and one of the breeders there, an Alpine breeder said, Oh, mm-hmm. I could never do Nubians. They're so loud. They just scream the whole time. And I said, um, you realize I have four Nubians in a scheduled heat right now. There's probably one or two that are coming into heat. I have my bucks right there. I have all the other bucks around. Do you hear them? And his <laughs> response was, oh, no, I don't. So Nubians get a bad rap. And <laughs> long story short, <laughs> Nubians get a bad rap. <laughs> well, listen, I, I will say that the, the Nubians don't hold a candle compared to my Nigerians who are like cats in heat every other day, it seems. Oh. So <laughs> they're short cycling right now. And it's... Uh, it's great having them rub up on your legs all the time, and it's just so fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of the uh, the tradition of Nubians being loud when they're in heat comes from you know back in the seventies, eighties, and nineties when you know we had Nubians on our farm, and yeah, you could tell when you lo- opened up the house door to go to the barn, you could tell there was Nubian in heat. <laughs> back then. I think though that what's hap- happened or happening now is a lot of breeders are uh, they're finding those does who are really loud and obnoxious and they're calling them um, or they're yeah. sending them to somebody else's farm to be a show though <laughs> um, in the quieter ones and as a result we get herds like uh, Danielle's that are quieter <laughs> Yeah. Quieter. Yes. Yeah, I yes. said quieter. I didn't so, say quiet. <laughs> so, the, the chickens so, are the loudest thing in my barn. Uh, yeah. So speaking of Nubians, how did you get started with Nubians? So when I was nine, my neighbors who have turned into a second family moved in right next door. And in mm-hmm. the process, 
they came with their farm and they brought pigs and I was, we live in the, in a rural area, but you know, the biggest animal we had was a dog. And for my mother, that was a stretch because when she was younger, the most responsibility until she was a teenager, as far as animals go, was babysitting a goldfish for a neighbor. So (laughs) my poor mother and all of this, um, So when we were little, we had cats and dogs and snakes for my brother and all that stuff, but they were all your typical pet animal. And Mm. so then my neighbors moved in and they brought with them their pigs and their goats and sheep and cows. And we would start going down and feeding these animals treats, especially the pigs, which they had full grown, um, sows so over a thousand pound animals that would just stand on the bars of the gates and just a shock to somebody who's never seen a pig that size initially but so we went down and we would you know feed these animal treats it was kind of a petting zoo almost something for the kids to do but we developed this great relationship with our neighbors and when um they started kidding season that spring one of their does was going into labor and we got a call and asking if we wanted to come down and, you know, watch the birth. And so we got to miss school that day to watch the um, babies be born, which the, awesome. teacher prob- the teacher probably saw that note and was like, what the <laughs> heck is going on here? But okay. Um, and that day they, the doe had a, doe kid and two buck kids and they gifted me the doe kid and she and her later on her maternal half sister are the foundation for my whole entire herd 16 17 years later now 16 17 years later see you're a pro (laughs) i just pretend to be (laughs) (laughs) oh please i've seen your animals that's that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, thank you. So, uh, speaking of your animals, on your site, uh, kingsrockfarm.com, ding, ding, <laughs> uh, you, you pride yourself in not only having show-quality animals, but you also have animals that can, quite frankly, put a lot of milk in the pail. Mm-hmm. Uh, time and time again, I see posts on your Facebook uh, of your, your does, accolades. Um, so, what are your current goals for the herd uh, now that, you know, breeding season's starting off, uh, everybody's got goals. What, what's your really big ticket goal for this year? So the big ticket goal for this year, I think, is kind is to work in that milk production category to improve some of our Um, lesser producer does make them a little bit more of a stronger producer by um, Mm -hmm. we're working on bringing or using our a few of our bucks who have really strong milk records behind them and then also Mm -hmm. just kind of improving the style of our animals making them having adding a little bit more length of body to them um, a little bit more sharpness and just kind of elegance I think is what we're trying to go for while still maintaining this powerful graceful animal that we really love in our herd so our goals are kind of twofold to um, kind of add a little bit more pizzazz I want to say to what we have but then also bring up the bottom 
of our or the lower half of our herd in terms of milk production so we can have really consistent strong milk producers who excel in the show ring as well right Mm -hmm. and you have i've seen you know pictures of your bucks i saw a couple of them last year Mm -hmm. one of my favorites is your younger buck uh captain Mm -hmm. he's like super clean looking buck nice level smoothly blended i mean he's he's a powerhouse for his age I, i i would really like to see his kids do you have did you have kids hit the ground this year from him we didn't um we had bred him to we we lost the kid that he ended up having we um used a Mm. few of our older bucks pretty heavily last year and so we only bred um him to one or one doe and ended up with a stillborn so we didn't quite see what Mm. we were getting out of him but this year we're um concentrating on using him and our other yearling buck and seeing what those two boys can do and so we're really excited about the possibility kind of in our breeding program we do a lot of similar breeding so because we're working with one damn line we can kind of go okay we've bred this doe to this buck and we really like what we get now I have her her sister and we're using a buck that's you know three quarters related to this buck kind of do a repeat breeding without actually repeat breed do repeat breed a lot as well if we like what we see but um Mm -hmm. we kind of get to play with the genetics and go okay we've done something really close let's repeat it in this one and see if we can emphasize the same traits and improve in other traits um so using these two bucks they're actually um our homebred bucks and kind of inbreeding a little bit or line breeding actually um, a little bit to pull out certain traits, but then also um, some really neat pedigrees paternally as well. So we're that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And are you guys doing? You've used artificial insemination in the past. Are you guys doing a lot of that this year? Or are you going to stick with the homebred bucks? We are going to hopefully be doing a lot of this, a lot of it this year. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of our older does. I am just itching to use some of the stuff in the tank and trying my best to realize that it's doing me no good being frozen in the tank and to start using it because it's great to have it on paper, but it's not helping my herd to have it frozen. So we're going to use some stuff that I might've been a little bit more hesitant in the past to try and use. But again, it's just sitting in the tank it's not helping me, yeah. so you, let's defrost it. Are there any any of those <laughs> breedings that you're particularly uh, excited about? I mean, you know, a, a super exciting, you know, makes you just go, wow, I'm doing it. Breeding that you're planning? AI-wise? Yes, yes. We don't talk about what we AI until it oh, <laughs> You do not write. I listen, I don't necessarily know who started this or where it comes from, <laughs> but it is bad juju to even post the AI buck that you are using until the dough settles. Well, then <laughs> I hope there are some that you're really excited about. No. We hope to see those show kids. <laughs> There are definitely. I don't know if a lot of people follow that. Oh, I, I see really? a lot of posts before they settle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, well, of course, we've 
made the mistake of doing it. Maybe it is bad juju. Could we? I know we've posted a couple times where we have said, "Yeah, we we AI so and so so and such." I mean, I'll admit, like with the AI, we usually try to wait till like you know day twenty eight before we say, "Okay," you know, well, yeah, so day twenty eight and the heat cycle. But yeah. at the same time, I will say we've had a couple of those where you know. Nothing. <laughs> and yeah. the dog cycled back in heat like the next day after we posted it. Um, so I could I could <laughs> see that there being the, the, you know, until the kid's on the ground, we're not going to say what we did. I'm um, not that bad. I wait until the 30-day blood test, which I draw around 28 days because you can do it around that 28-day period. I mm. draw the blood, send in the results, and until or and then I get the confirmed pregnant, and then I'll say anything. But until then... We don't even talk about the dough. Once the dough has been AI'd as a collective, we don't even talk about the dough being AI'd and that her heat cycle is in, you know, seven days, 10 days, you know, seven days, five days. It's today. She's not in heat because we just don't want to jinx it. It's just, it's so superstitious and silly, but um, that's just kind of how, I don't know. I feel like it's just something that, some people do and for whatever reason I learned that train of thought so you just don't talk about it until you get that confirmed pregnancy hey no I <laughs> I can understand it I mean having done it and you know gotten to the point where it's like oh I think I think she took to so and so buck and you do up the post and you put it up there and, and you, you get a bunch of likes and you go out to the barn and there she is with a nose to the buck pen and you're like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I've, uh, I've been playing, I don't, I don't plan AI because I, we don't do it yet. We're not big enough to really get into it without still using our awesome bucks. But there are some kids that will be born or, or have already been born or are juniors in my herd right now that I'm excited to get to, Harrisburg in two years and you've been to a couple national shows Danielle are there certain does that you're really writhing your hands together waiting to get to nationals uh you've had you know quite a bit of success you've cracked number 11 at national shows in, in your in your classes maybe better if I just didn't catch it yeah uh, is there that that doe so um we actually got really lucky just kind of touching on that. We got really lucky. The first mm-hmm. nationals um, we attended was in 2011. And that year we had the first place junior kid in her class. Um, she was, right. she was a grand Yes. Oh my gosh. That was, that was a crazy experience. Just walking in with a kid and having again, kind of the no name, who the heck is she? I was, <laughs> I think I was, just out of high school or well yeah I would have just been out of high school so and I was showing the dough and what the heck is going on but gorgeous um that was a surreal moment and kind of launching the addiction to going to nationals um <laughs> whenever possible yeah driving you know I think the farthest we've to Louisville but um I don't necessarily we have a few does who I'm really excited to just 
get out into the show ring and then get out into the show ring in general. Um, we do have a, it really just worked out this way. It wasn't planned, but if, you know, fingers crossed that nationals happens next year, we're going to have this mm-hmm. really strong junior, junior yearling, excuse me, um, that I'm just really excited about. She just is a stunning, stunning animal, exactly what we wanted from that breeding. And we just hope to get her out and to have her show next year. But then there's a few milkers that we're definitely excited to kind of even just bring them out in the show ring again, um, milking them each day and seeing them and watching them walk or catching them in the pasture. And you just, we just didn't show this year and they definitely should have been out there. And it just, you know, you're happy to see them out there and looking beautiful and gorgeous and everything you want, but it really Mm -hmm. hurts when you go, Oh my gosh, you know, if she was out this year, this would have happened or, you know, she would have done this. So, um, we're, we're just hopeful well, that, you know, next year we should, we should, we'll get out and get these does, the accolades yeah. that they deserve. Right. That's Kearney. Uh, my wife always says this year, you know, I, I'm always like, Oh, I, I really need to go to another show. Cause we did one show this year. And she's like, you just want to share the pretty. Like, yeah, I do. I want other people to see it. <laughs> you know, pictures only do so much justice, especially mine. yeah exactly and I'm and like that being said I'm a firm believer that you have to work with your animals 365 days a year you better Mm -hmm. like them versus you know even as a judge I'm seeing that animal for a few minutes that's it um but you are working with this animal 365 days a year so you better like it yourself. So uh, yes. in what in one way is not taking that step back from showing this year has really allowed us to focus on that idea that these animals are here because we want them to be here, not because somebody mm-hmm. else tells us where they're pretty. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean you've you've gotta love the dough in the barn. You gotta like what you're seeing. You know, otherwise why why keep her around? Exactly. Um, so yeah, it makes sense. It's it's why we why we should be having these animals. Um, so, yeah. Well, one of your the one of the animals in your barn, Daniel, that I you know I absolutely love is Moon, mm-hmm. that giant tank of a doe. How did that happen? Because you've had all Nubians, and then all of a sudden here comes this tank of a of a recorded grade, well, experimental, yeah, and. And now her her two daughters, although I think you only have one now, right? We still have one is one will be leaving bread, but um mm-hmm. so a few so what right around um when I went to college, we downsized the herd pretty significantly. And um I was very fortunate my mother was willing to keep the does, keep the does and milk, keep breeding for the years while I was away at school, but at the same time, it was a much smaller level than where we are today. Not that we're, you know, crazy as far as numbers, but um, it, it was definitely a much smaller population. So we downsized a little bit and sold a doe to a 4 hr down in New Jersey. And so with that happening, she would come up 
at the time there wasn't a lot in Jersey where they were. We were pretty much the closest breeder with a buck. So they would come back each year and breed their does to one of our bucks. Well, mm-hmm. a few years go by. They Their life gets a little crazy. Their does in heat. They can't get her up to us. But their 4-H leader or their 4-H leaders are the Brodus's of Araby Farm. So oh, okay. they breed her to a buck who at the time was just a nice buck on their property. Um, and, you know, that's kind of it. Fast forward a few years, they've come back up to us to breed again. And with them, they bring the doe, the original doe, and this white thing that is affectionately, <laughs> affectionately called a Snubian. She's a 50% Nubian, 50% Sonnen. And mm-hmm. she gets bred to a Nubian that year, but we say, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. If anything happens, let us know. We'll take her. So yeah. kind of fast forward another year, we get the original doe back as the daughter is going to school. And so we ended up actually getting two more generations of kids out of her, which has really made an awesome impact in our herd. Um, two really, mm-hmm. We have two really strong does from her. But then, um, but they said, we're going to keep the Snoobian moon because um, the father really likes her you know, we're just going to keep her. And then the next year we get a call from the Brodus's, Danielle, make room in your barn. And I'm like, what's <laughs> going on? She said, you were getting moon. You were taking, granted, this was all arranged with the owner too, but right. she, this was all kosher and everything. But she said, I can't keep her. I don't have room, make room. So, <laughs> and we had seen her before. We knew she was gorgeous. So I said, okay. And it worked out. They were, driving her up and they were driving up anyway to the Hudson Valley. So they dropped. So the, the owners dropped off moon. Now Mm -hmm. moon is out of Aspen Hill rainbow. So he is the sire to just Tina who was, or Araby farms, just Tina who is, was the, was a nat- I believe she was, I'm going to totally butcher it, and this is horrible, but um, I believe she was the national champion in 2016 for the Sonnen breed. And besides that, she and the other Rainbow Daughters, yeah, 2000, so Justina was the 2016 Agda national champion and best utter. And um, besides that, there are other beautiful, beautiful rainbow does or daughters out there. So what started out as kind of a fluke ended up with Moon and exactly kind of what we wanted, what we would have wanted in a Nubian Sonnen cross um, to make that Snoobian. And so we got her as a dry three-year-old. So we freshened her as a four-year-old and basically started with a dry year, you know, a doe that was now a, we pretended that that was her first laxation just in terms of mentality. And then, you know, it's gone on from there. And last year she actually ended up being um, on the 2019 top 10 list for experimental does mm-hmm. for butter fat. So that just was happened, but just a real, and she also, 
in her time. She's also appraised 91 and we have two gorgeous daughters from her. And so a real fun kind of way to get into having, I want to, I'm just going to call it another breed because it really is a whole <laughs> different ball game and uh, just a lot of fun to have this project and kind of play with the genetics there and see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's an impressive doe. The, I, I, the first year of breeding for us and showing at, at Dutchess County, our first show ever, she, I saw you bring her into her pen and I went, wow, that's a big doe. And not only is she a big doe, but man, is she balanced. She's just powerful. That mammary on her is gorgeous. And I quickly, in my mind, you know, in the show with her, uh, she's in the same class as, as my age doe, Jen. So <laughs> the first the first ring with her, I, I was just like, moon. Oh, <laughs> so luckily she finished out. So I was able to get a leg uh, last year with Jen. Um, of course, lost to the champion challenge to moon. But uh, she's she really is impressive. I, I said to Tyranny this year when I saw you post one of her daughters, I was like, ooh, Tierney, we might have to get one of those. And <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she, she was like, mm, no. <laughs> she's like, she's like, she would need her own stall because if she gets the size of Moon, then, then she's just going to be way too big. I was like, all right, you know, whatever. But she's, she's one of my favorites of yours. I mean, you have quite the, quite the Nubian. Uh, I mean, your, your does, your Nubian does are just, they're all just so I always say that breeders should have that confirmation throughout their their herd, the consistency and and really I mean yours are there. Like it's it's impressive whenever you bring your onslaught of Nubians. It's I just I if I was a Nubian breeder, I'd be all about it. It's just it's impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you. We have fun though. I've been told many a times as we're going through the shows that Maybe I shouldn't have taken all these does out, and maybe let them stay oh, in the barn for a no. little bit. No, 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 more, more so from the crew that I bring, and when you're making them show in class after class, and mm-hmm. you know, get twenty, not twenty, we don't have twenty milkers, but you know, get a few udders done early in the morning, and you're dealing with me only having one cup of coffee in the morning <laughs> after getting up early. <laughs> They're not too appreciative, but you know, it is, it is really good and nice to have, be able to bring a solid showstring to mm-hmm. when we take them out. And you also, you always have quite the helpers, you know, helping you when you're, when you're showing, I mean, you have a uh, Corey, your, your mom, and then also like Dutchess County Fair, you have all those 4-Hers helping you too, because you are a 4-H leader. Correct. Yes. Uh, That's what my goal in life. And this is not really my goal in life, but I wouldn't, and I do enjoy showing, but it would be really nice to manage a collective group of really strong showers that I can just kind of send out in the ranks. This is going to be the cane baby. John's child is going to be one of them. They don't, they don't have a choice, (laughs) but I've already, I've already called dibs um, for Nubian showing, but just having a bunch of, people out there in the ring showing my animals and I can watch them and observe. And we have little microphones in our, you know, headsets in your ears. So I can say, get her back down, get that leg down. <laughs> that would be perfect. You'd have to have multiple channels though, because it would, it would have, 
Someone, uh, some of the kids could be out there going, back is down, the foot is perfect. That is true, that is true. Green, green team, get that foot down. Put that foot back, get that back down. Take her up a step, move her back hilarious. a little bit. Oh, it would, though I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think, you know, watch next year, nationals, everybody's going to have microphone sets and they're going to be talking to the handlers ringside. You're going to see on the camera, you're going to see all these people muttering, kind of like the football teams with their their iPads over their faces. Exactly. Their iPad over the face. Yeah. Get her, get her back down. Get the walk around in front really quick. Catch the judge's eye. You know, it was, that would be thrift going into showmanship to make sure they're not wearing a bug. You know, exactly. <laughs> for, for the mom, the mom's ringside yelling at the kids the whole time. Get the back down. Do this, do this during showmanship. General parent is 35. Exactly. <laughs> so, speaking of nationals, next year is Louisville. Mm-hmm. Are you guys planning on going to that? We are. We are. Just, it's, I love nationals. You're seeing people you've, you know, only met online or haven't even met online before and animals mm-hmm. across the country that you've never seen before. And it's just a fun week of collective dairy goat awesomeness and so even if we wouldn't exhibit anything we'd definitely be going down to at least watch the Nubian show maybe a few others but um the goal mm-hmm. is to bring the herd down there again this year or next you're gonna, year you're gonna bring your full string or or is it a a compact string it'll it'll definitely be compact um mm-hmm. depending kind of on how everybody looks we'll probably select one or two of the best in that age group and just bring Mm -hmm. them down just to make it manageable because there's just so much more at a national level that goes into making these animals look good for the day of show I mean for us our normal exhibiting we really only really like for example we only really wash our does if they're filthy dirty at mm-hmm. nationals, you're washing everybody. You're oh, yeah. you're fine tuning. You're making sure that each doe is showmanship quality, clipping ready, and um, yes. and that's even just in that general look. Forget about you know watching that mammary system, making sure that she's not overbagged because this might be more milk than she's had because of the way the milk out works. Um, yeah, there's all that or- balance. Or that you were in the juniors class the night before while you know, your does should have been milked out, you know, another time or you timing your, your milking so those does aren't overbagged, but now you've got juniors and you're doing well enough that you know, you're in the ring still when they should be getting time to be milked. Exactly. Um, I, yeah, milk out the mess as I like to refer, refer to it. It seems like I hear Lots of horror stories about milk out, so it's uh, it it's not really really uh, I think for us the biggest issue they came through at like three o'clock or four o'clock. I don't know. It, it time blurs when you're at nationals. <laughs> <laughs> um, and but they came through, and it was like an hour before we had you know, our first dose scheduled to be milked out so we showed them you know okay see they're milked out but we're going to milk them out again in an hour mm-hmm. and we didn't want them over bagged and uh so yeah it's it's people complain about milk out but i 
I've been to shows, and not just nationals, where um, people, you know, tried doing the 24-hour bag and or the, you know, longer, and it's it's needed, I feel. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, yeah, no, uh, I, oh. oh, go ahead. I'll never forget. I think it was, there was one nationals where one of the judges, and I, not, and this is horrible, I'm forgetting which one it was, but she came on over the microphone and said, I've been seeing, a, and it was, I think it was after the yearling class, I've been seeing a lot of does carrying too much milk. If they, if older animals, as the day goes by, come in with this much milk, they will be asked to leave. Watch your udders, watch, make sure they are not overbagged. And that kind of set the precedent for the rest of the show. And thank goodness that judge said that because you do other times see animals that are just carrying too much milk and it makes them uncomfortable. They're not walking, Mm -hmm. right? They're not showing themselves off to the best of their advantage. And it's just for that little bit of extra milk to maybe make that mammary system pop. You are losing other aspects of the dough that can make her excel in other ways. All of a sudden they're starting to roach up because they're uncomfortable. And let's face it, any, any dough that's carrying way too much milk, than they're used to. They can't they're walk. Just, yeah, they're just they're just <laughs> waddling throughout the ring. I mean, that does not show off the rear legs very well. <laughs> no. So it's a, so with Louisville next year, how many national shows would that make for you guys going to? I think that would this is that would be our fourth because we mm-hmm. did Harrisburg. Well, we did Harrisburg, but we started off with Springfield. And we've done Harrisburg, Louisville, and so this will be our fourth. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you didn't go it's to Columbus? Little... No, no, we did Columbus. Sorry. That's why I was like, I, I, I thought I saw it. you at Columbus. Yeah, no, we, we went to Columbus. Yes. That was that was a good trip, too. It was. I, I was, yeah. Now, Danielle has one of those awesome fancy trailers that has like the, the individual pens and lights and, and all the good stuff. Uh, now, you also, when you show, at least the shows that I've been to that you go to, you're, you're also helping out other breeders by either transporting goats to shows for them or, or you guys tag team driving. I know you, you show with Hoofprint quite a bit and also uh, Daisy Hill Nubians, my, my little cousin Faith, you help her out quite a bit, which is awesome. Uh, for nationals, is it, is it kind of a convoy that you guys would do with multiple trailers or... Or how do you guys handle that? So we haven't started planning that aspect of <laughs> nationals yet. Oh, come on. It's right around the it'll corner. it'll kind of I, – I know, I know. I, listen, I think we got to get through breeding season and then feeding season. <laughs> and, Amen. Yes. And we'll Thank see. You, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, let's – uh, this is the cart way before the horse. But <laughs> I um, – Will definitely convoy. I definitely recommend in general to have a, if you have multiple beers from your area, mm-hmm. just convoy together. It makes it so much fun as you're driving down, particularly distances like Louisville or, um, you know, if we were to go to Nebraska, get a group of breeders from the area. And if you're all going, go at the same time. It makes a lot you know, the camaraderie is great. Mm-hmm. It makes it fun when you're at a truck stop running into everybody. It also gives you a little bit of s- support if anything happens. You know, we had a 
on the way back one year, we had a doe who got her foot caught in the hay feeder. We had forgotten to remove one hay feeder. And so she got her foot caught oh, for no. a short portion of the trip. But we couldn't access our med kit, but we were convoying and somebody else had banamine with them. So it was easy to give her a little bit of banamine. She was okay. And we got the vet to look at her as soon as we got her home. Mm-hmm. But um, it just makes it easier. It makes it more fun. If you're doing overnight stops, you can kind of all be there together and set up your little camp of goat people. And it it just adds, as you're driving, it just adds a little bit more fun mm-hmm. to the tediousness of being on the road. So if you are going to a national show or show the distances, reach out to your other breeders in the area and chances are they'll be more than happy to kind of share the road with you. And it just, like I said, makes the traveling a little less tedious. Right. You know, and if anything happens on the road, as far as trailer or truck wise, you, you've got that backup to really throw in mm-hmm. and help. Um, I know for, we're not doing Louisville next year. We just, we're going to have way too much going on with the baby and, and we're not ready. We're just, we're not. Our, our program's about another kidding season out from really starting to be competitive. So so we'll we'll definitely uh, watch from afar, but <laughs> we're not ready for Louisville. So Harrisburg's really where our target is right now, and where our our breeding selections are are pointed towards. Um, so I I maybe I'm just a newbie, and me breeding two years out for an it's weird, but <laughs> that's where my headspace is at these days. Well, it's I don't think it's a bad idea. I think. Um that the when we went when we went to Columbus we were we were the newbie while well, we were the newbie obies we were the obie crew that was newest on the block and we kind of went with the idea of um trying to uh see where we were in the overhodsley world you mm-hmm. know it, it's a kind of a good uh uh assessment of where your animals set compared to a, a much larger regional, you know, view. The other thing is, I, I think Danielle can agree, you meet people there that you would never have probably even thought to meet um, otherwise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in it's great. The only thing I will say about nationals is we discovered it's it's exhausting. It's not like you show <laughs> where you show your breed and then oh, we're done. We can sit down and and relax. Um, maybe it was just us. I don't know. But we found ourselves like every day we were showing another breed for somebody else, and uh, it that in itself was fun, you know. Um, I got in the ring on some Sanans and some Togs, and I think Jen got in the ring on Nigerians. And <laughs> you made fun. her poor Jen. You made Jen get in the ring yeah. instead of you did it Nigerian. I think she did it voluntarily. Oh, okay, <laughs> voluntarily. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it. <laughs> please, please, that's please, a, that's another thing. Harris, Harrisburg, <laughs> we're not even bringing the Nigerians. We're we're not competitive enough with them, and I'm not even 
going to do that to my wife or myself and with a baby you know who will be a year old by then that's just that's a long i hats off to the nigerian breeders because they're there all day and night showing those those little guys no it's uh it's it's crazy i want to say that in in columbus it was like one in the morning or something. I'm sure someone who who is this can uh, uh, tell us the actual time, but it was qu- quite late when mm-hmm. the uh, Nigerian dwarf juniors finished. Because um, I remember they kept calling for for classes, you know, to be at ringside as we were going to bed. <laughs> it was just it yeah. was nuts. Well. Yeah, I mean, even this year with COVID, I mean, Danielle, you did the, you were a judge at the Troy show and, and Nigerians went on forever because there were so many there, right? Yeah, I think there was 70 something. I I would have to look at my numbers, but um, 70 something seniors and just as many juniors, um, they, they had their own ring. The Troy Pennsylvania show had it broken down really well that your, um, the animals never moved the rings. The judges did. So okay. you had, let's say, Nubians, Alpine, or it was like Nubians, Obers, and Sonnens in one ring. And then mm-hmm. Sables, La Manchas, Alpines in another. However, it was broken down between the standard size breeds to kind of size-wise add up. And then mm-hmm. the Nigerians were in their whole nother ring. And those poor... Listen, we were, judges were on our feet the whole day till well until we were definitely burning the midnight oil, but the Nigerian breeders were just the same. They were, they got breaks between their classes if they didn't have animals exhibiting Mm -hmm. in the next class. Right. Um, It was definitely a really strong Nigerian showing. Um, It was strong with all the other breeds too, but number wise, the Nigerians really came out for that show. Yeah, it, I I remember seeing posts and pictures on it, and and seeing the numbers. It was overwhelming for me. I was I was really going to go to that show uh, to to bring my obers, and I was going to bring a Nigerian junior and a senior. And after seeing some of those numbers before you know signups were done, I was like, nope. There's no way I can't pull that off. <laughs> There's, because I knew it, it's just that's the thing with COVID this year. It seems like every show is kind of like its own little mini uh, national show, I guess it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you have uh, you breeders. Ha- oh, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, you have breeders who are itching to get out. They want to see their animals mm-hmm. out and they don't have quite the same opportunity. So if you're planning, you know, originally, if you look at our show season on a normal year, we mm-hmm. pretty much are booked every weekend starting May and go, you know, kind of going since at end of August um, and then, or actually Labor Day weekend. And then we have the Big E, but that obviously is totally different this year. So if you have a breeder who's used to attending a show this weekend, a show this weekend, a show this weekend, and there's only one for that show and it's an extra hour and a half, two hours away, they're still going to do it because, you know, that in that they might have even saved money because they're only going to that one show instead of the three. So mm-hmm. it's easier to justify, I think, this year kind of traveling a little bit. Yeah. 
And do you have any uh, shows lined up to judge for left over for this year, or are you done? So next week, we I will be in um, Virginia doing the being one of the judges in the six ring son of a buck show. Mm. So get to judge some very ruddy smelly bucks. <laughs> I yeah. am so tempted to bring mine to that show. I mean, it just. It seems like it would have been pretty good for us, but Virginia is a little ways away. <laughs> it's not a. It's it it not, is a haul. It's not a small hike, and no. with bucks, uh, no. <laughs> Danielle, are you gonna fly to that one or drive or? So I'm gonna drive. Um, last year when I judged it, I I flew, but um, I decided I'm gonna drive geographically where I am anyway. It's about an hour and a half, two hours to the airport. Any So oh, wow. just oh, to yeah. get to like New York City airports, it's an oh, hour wow. and a half, two hours. Anyway, so my travel time, I always have that little chunk of change anyway. Then, you mm-hmm. know, airport security, being at the airport, waiting for my flight. You know, that's another hour and a half, two hours plus the yeah. flight. I don't remember if it was a direct flight or not to Virginia. I think it must have been. I mean, and it was like an hour and a half flight. So you're already at six hours of travel time anyway that I would have to do. Um, And then that's getting the rental car. So it just kind of all adds up that right. Typically I would just, and it's, it's definitely an easier travel way to do it, doing it flying. But this year I just decided that I don't really want to be in an airport. So um, I'll suck it up and drive. Are you going to carpool? I know that uh, yes. Grace Toy is judging, and uh, I think Ryan Blatchley is judging as well. Yes. And you guys are kind of close, relatively. I know it's like an hour or two away from each other. Um, but you're kind of like, Ryan's got to go past Millbrook to get down, and so does Grace. It, exactly. Yeah, no, no. There's definitely carpooling going on just to make it easy. And then also kind of help out the show a bit as well because um it just you know whenever you can kind of cut a little bit of expenses from your judges fee kind of pooling resources whether it's Mm -hmm. you know sharing a car or sharing a car rental or whatever it is it helps those shows and allows them to continue as well so it was kind of you know as much as the show committee for son of a buck was definitely more than understanding of the change of plans of, you know, mm. flying versus driving. And ultimately I think number like cost wise, it's more or less um, the same more um, maybe a little bit more to drive, but they were totally understanding of that. But at the same time, you want to definitely be cognizant and kind of see how you can work with them so that this way you're not charging them an arm and a leg in transport to get, down to the right. show so yeah right. grace and i are going to be um carpooling down together okay cool. that'll be now, fun and, and you can stop to get iced coffee whenever you want oh definitely you got to take a truck down too because because they're giving away the trailer maybe grace can get a trailer <laughs> to bring back or Yo, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like somebody bought some raffle tickets. I think that's the Oh, yeah. Do we need to bring the truck? Because I was uh, planning on bringing my little car, but. Um... Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm 
uh, I know there's a trailer that, uh, being given away as part of that show as a fundraiser. I'll take the yeah. 5000 in cash instead. <laughs> yeah, I, I like my trailer. Um. No, but it is a great fundraiser that they're doing. I don't know. Yeah. Are tickets still available right now? I'm I, not. I think, I think she said so. Um, last I saw, uh, of the tickets to break even on it, I don't think they had uh, sold them all. I could be mm-hmm. wrong. As of now, they might have. She did a bunch of posts on it, but um, but they they still had tickets to sell. Uh, yeah, they have a they have a bunch that they still need to sell. In fact, I put it on my Facebook page because we are we our farm sponsored it, and actually the podcast sponsored it as well. Uh, yes, it um. Looks like the last I saw was three days ago. They only sold 150 tickets, which is yikes. Yeah, because they, uh, like not much they need to make tickets. like 400 just to break even, I think. Um, so it looks like you're still able to get them online, but it's going to be closing here pretty soon. So yeah, if you want to get a chance to to win a trailer, or you can get the cash instead, $5,000 if you don't want the trailer... It's it's for a good cause, and hey, you might you might win something. You don't have to be there to do it, so that's that's pretty cool. And if uh, you're going so, to nationals next year or the year after, mm-hmm. it might be nice to have a brand new trailer. At least you know dependability <laughs> wise, you might not have to worry about those tires blowing. You know all that fun yeah. stuff. So yeah, <laughs> there's horror stories you hear about on the way to that. <laughs> Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. there's a flat a spare on this, you know, the rig because nobody's used it yet. Make it its maiden voyage and support yeah, the show. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. Perfect. That saleswoman of the year must be getting <laughs> that from the BMG genetics job, right? Visit them online at. <laughs> Did you get that tr- that training from BMG genetics? <laughs> yeah. No. How, so how are you balancing all of that? You have, you have the 4-H leader, you're, you have your own, your own herd to take care of, you're judging, and now you are also uh, the sales manager for B&D Genetics. How are you doing this? Just, you know, just keep going. I don't know. Iced it's, coffee. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. I um, have, I was trying to be good and just restrict myself to one iced coffee a day but it's just kind (laughs) of and then I was switching it off that in the afternoons I would do an iced tea but now I just you know if there's a cup in my hand it has iced coffee in it like it's just kind of it's you know those Barbie dolls or the action figures with their accessories if they were to mm-hmm. do one of yeah. me, there would be a cup in my hand and it would be f- filled with iced coffee. So that's just <laughs> how it works. Yeah, I've seen you at fair and yes, you're, you definitely uh, are having a better time when you've had your iced coffee. That's oh, a hundred percent. We have a, our barn rules are um, we have these like joking barn rules and rule number one is do not touch Danielle's coffee. Um <laughs> goats if they've spilled it on a bad morning um luckily most of them are most of them are still here um i don't i've i've you know once most of them (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of like that old apple farm cartoon where 
you know, they're trying to sell animals. And wait, why is that one there? Well, there's that day she spilled your coffee. Gone. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think I was telling John the other day that, and I have, and I it was kind of going back, and it actually applies to him and this purchase of the his newest edition. But I just want an animal from me. Call me right after I do barn chores in the morning or right after I do barn chores in the evening and might be a little bit more tempted to part with something because I just, you know, <laughs> messed around with whatever. Somebody let the latch, kept the latch op- or opened the gate and ran out. Whatever, you know, whatever it is, might be a little <laughs> bit more tempted to sell some part with something that I might not sell because I just did it. to be rigging Moon's pen. So yeah. that it opens on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh God, I'd love to have that down this in my barn. Oh my God, I need a three you times a- the size of a of a barn than I have now for. But man, I love that though. <laughs> <laughs> so, you just need uh, to reconfigure your barn. That's all. So with being the genetics, Danielle, what are you like? How 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 many hours are you putting into that a week? So it's. More of a, it's definitely kind of more of a part-time thing. Um, right now, we're gearing up to collections, and um, mm-hmm. particularly the collections, um, more or less applying to the dairy goat world is where I've kind of been helping out. Um, we can't, our, my farm is a satellite farm for B&D, so we are um, going to consistently be a stop year after year to allow people in our area to come and get collected but in Mm -hmm. with that and having them travel to us because they're coming from um i think cherry valley arkansas you're they've also we've also branched out a little bit we're um going a little bit up to massachusetts to collect a herd that um just has too many bucks to make it feasible to come down to us um and then Mm -hmm. on their way back they're going to be stopping in virginia and north carolina and so just kind of my role is helping build the collection stops making sure um everybody's sent their registration in all of that fun stuff and then also my goal is to grow the my personal goal um with the job is to grow the dairy goat catalog that we have and get new mm-hmm. bucks on there and um, get some exciting dairy goat bucks uh, um, consigned as well. So that once again, you have an option of semen from bucks from kind of all over and make it a one-stop area. I mean, when I started in dairy goats, it was, we didn't have Facebook. We didn't have the social media's websites weren't as strong. So you were going right. to your, and there were several prominent collectors. So you were going to them for their catalog. And that was how you were getting your box that you wanted in your tank. And nowadays it's definitely moved more towards, you know, going to an individual breeder and taking up, you know, kind of going, okay, I want this buck from this one and this one from this one. So it comes becomes this crazy, yeah. na- you know, at nationals, people are carting their tank from breeder to breeder to breeder um, to <laughs> try and that. just get, yeah, and we've done it too. But for, you know, and for some that's feasible, but for others, it's just crazy. And so to have access again to 
this catalog of genetics, um, it just makes it easy. And if it's all in one place, it just makes it easy to be a semen hoarder and fill, you know, <laughs> however many tanks you have on the property. And just, yeah, don't which, tell but, John it's addicting. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let him know that. Yeah. He just bought a first thing. Okay. okay. I just, right, choked, I just choked on my drink. <laughs> we, won't, <No. laughs> we won't call out those breeders who are filling their seventh tank and probably working on their eighth or, you know, all that stuff. Well, I'm, I'm lucky where I have a small herd, so I don't, that's not a huge focus of mine. My, my biggest focus is getting my bucks collected at the at the moment you know it's a uh, there's already people asking me before semen so i feel like it's probably the smart thing to do uh but and you know daniel if you need to build the overhasley breed for for your dairy goats there's quite a few nice overhasley bucks in new york state right now oh i'm well aware don't you worry <laughs> 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 i think i've uh, no, I'm well. I think I've asked, and if I didn't, I'll be harassing them at collection. That you know, I want them to, you know, want them in my catalog, and it's probably going to be quite. A, we listen. We have, as I've traveled the country a little bit with judging, particularly, it's mm -hmm. hard to realize if you kind of stay in the bubble. But as you travel a little bit and come back. It's crazy what we have in the Northeast. And I don't think we're kind of geographically, it gets a little complicated to go to nationals and things like that. So yeah. if you're a Northeast folks, we kind of stay in the Northeast. We don't venture out as much. It's definitely changing. But for the most part, the Northeast is kind of a little bubble. Yeah. But it is crazy when you see the quality of animals that are coming out of the Northeast really go okay why is there an east coast versus west coast competition you know like why are those yeah. lines there there really shouldn't be because the quality where what we have and the you know bucks we have and granted some of them are from the west coast and you know bringing in different genetics but the consistency that the animals that are there year after year after year is just it's comparable to pretty much anywhere in the country and so to add bucks from the Northeast is just, it'll definitely be a benefit to the dairy goat population around the country. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Danielle, what is, as we you know get ready to wrap up here a few minutes, do you have a, a, a main goal for the year for you, for you or your herd um, moving forward? So I think our main goal is to try and maintain, to try and improve production a little bit. Um, it's just, I mean, we'd listen, we have really strong does in that production aspect, but um, working on trying to figure out if we can get them a little bit more consistent in their lactations, a little bit stronger in their later lactations, um, as well as increasing the general production as a whole and just making it so the animals are just a little bit of a little bit stronger production wise. Um, just, I, I'm, cha I'm chasing numbers. Um, I really like, <laughs> I, you know, just, I want to see, 
just a little bit more strength in that, but it's just, you know, some of that is recognizing that my herd, some of those animals are younger. And so their milk production is not going to be quite where the older ones are. Um, Mm -hmm. But just kind of playing that game and seeing component wise, what we can do um, as far as butter, fat, protein, and just, yeah, kind of playing with the milk production aspect, I think is going to be our goal going forward going into like next year and things like that awesome Awesome. sounds like a good goal i mean that's a (laughs) that's a goal that everybody would want right so uh nate anything else to add no no that i think that was my last one well danielle i really appreciate it now if anybody listening is interested in some really quality nubians or snubians you can go to kingsrockfarm.com and check out all of Danielle's awesome animals. She's also on Facebook with her farm. And, and uh, the buck collection coming up when, Danielle? So the buck collection at our herd is coming up um, October 20th and 21st. We have a few spots available if anybody's interested. Um, there's also potentially a few spots available up in um the massachusetts area if we need to pull people put people there as well um and Mm -hmm. just to sign you know a quick plug as well their b and d is traveling kind of all across the country right now um i know i'm taking advantage of it because because we didn't have nationals that convergence of getting semen to a breeder and then getting it to a different area is not, you know, wasn't a thing, but B&D is traveling all across the country right now. And there's stops in Colorado, there's stops in Ohio, there's stops in Tennessee, Georgia. And so there we are more than willing to kind of help transport semen to different areas if anybody needs. Um, and so I know myself, I found that somebody was 20 minutes from a stop and talked to them and said, Hey, I'm interested in this straws from this buck to add to my herd. Would you mind, you know, could I get them to B and D and they were more than happy to help me. And so if anybody needs to take advantage of it, um, definitely feel free to reach out and we can kind of help arrange that as well. So if we can help facilitate genetics moving around the country, um, particularly the frozen genetics, um, we're more than happy to help with that. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. Nate, pleasure as always. Always. This has been Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you. Bye. Mm-hmm.